Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Inside information on your teams, honest opinion, and the biggest names in sports. It's time, Las Vegas, for the Playmakers. Better late than never, better in than out. That's what I always say, or Shrek said it, or someone said it. Maybe Lil John said it. I don't know, but we're here to say things for at least the next two hours. The Playmakers full steam ahead towards a berg of sports. My name is Lindsey Brown. Across from me, Uncle Tony Cordasco for one final Friday. Has it been everything you had envisioned this and, week? And a bag of chips. And a bag of chips. And Heck yeah. Was that little John reference? Was that because he's going to be performing at halftime at the Raiders game on Sunday? No. Yeah, Marcus hit the button, so we heard the, yeah, yeah. Okay. The whole bit. What? Huge fan of little John and uh, all the, his snapping fingers. And usually need those to play all the sports, but not really. Some sports you can do without those. Uh, oh, hockey yeah. tends to sometimes cut those off or other sports that have knives on their feet. But... That's a safety locker room type of talk. Not the thing we're going to be focusing on today, but we're going to be talking about, is New York okay? Because it seems like the state of mind is not just discombobulated, but dare I say, Dasco, agitated beyond belief. Uh, We're going to talk to Scott Gulbranson about uh, Raiders Chargers this weekend. Slightly big game on the docket. Probably the biggest game ever in Allegiant Stadium. I think you used that quote yesterday, Dasky. Uh, blast from the past because we have to learn some things today other than the world of sports. The footies of footballs will expand a little bit more about, about the Raiders and some coaching searches that are already underway. And the Cardinals, whose eggs are on layaway, may be hatching earlier than we had anticipated. We'll talk about the Golden Knights win last night as well as a little bit more about the hockey part of the matchup tomorrow night. And did you know that it's National Bobblehead Day? No. We're gonna no. be ta- that's what we're gonna be closing the show with because I okay. was I wasn't like an aficionado collector, but I was when I, when I was younger. But I have a few of them that I'm very proud to. Are they be in your of. office? Um, I have I one in my seen. office. And I was supposed to bring it in here, and I forgot uh, among all of my other things that I've brought in here. But I will do that before we get to the national bobblehead. Is it a Mark Bonilla bobblehead? No, unfortunately, we have not been able to get those made. Still waiting on funding. Anyone seed money? Send it on over. Send it on over. We got the water. Series we got the C. sunlight. <laughs> we probably don't have fertilizer because not a lot of grows out here, but uh, we do have lots of sports. And uh, we kick off our show with what I like to call the can opener, Dasco, because we got corn, we got worms, we got kick ass, whatever. We got to open it up. And we're going to be going a, a little bit more of a deep dive in a topic that we've talked about a lot about. 
since it happened this summer. Marc-Andre Fleury was traded away from the Vegas Golden Knights, and he is going to be making his return to T-Mobile Arena for the very first time tomorrow night when the Blackhawks play at 7 p.m. Uh, they are not having the best of times there in Chicago for, for a multitude of reasons. Um, but we all know how much Flurry means to this community, actively means to this community, and how much he meant to this community when he was uh, wearing the sweater of the club that also shares our zip code and how everything kind of went down and transpired. We won't really go into that. What I want to talk about is more of kind of like the mindset that maybe other people have been in, but I've been in uh, pretty much all season because hockey season's been a little bit a tougher putt for uh, some of us to endure this year for for a multitude of reasons. It's felt very heavy. Is it disjointed to it's, some degree? It's disjointed. Mm-hmm. It, it feels yucky at times. It feels hopeless at times. And a lot of it has to do with the way that we treat one another and the way that hockey likes to brand itself, likes to preach. In many ways, Dasko, I'm, I'm not the most religious person, but I'm a very spiritual person. I was reading this article called the oracle of ice hockey which was published in the atlantic in uh 2014 so it's a few years old and it's a deep dive on this finnish goaltending coach over there and what they're essentially putting in the water and developing um a lot of really highly skilled net miners that were making it to the nhl level in a very very small country that usually doesn't pump out a lot of talent in this particular game and it's written by uh chris Connages, I'm sorry if I completely butchered your name, but I really enjoyed your writing in your article and, and the way that he wrote about hockey and specifically goaltending in different layers of, of religion in a way. He said, quote, what happens on the ice is notably free from religious exhibitionism, that being the game of ho- hockey. Players don't kneel in prayer at the center ice after a game or cross themselves before a breakaway. That's not to say that there isn't religion in this, in this game uh, on the individual level. But the game itself is the spirituality. And I think what really irks me about just the entire situation with 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 Flurry with what's gone on in Chicago, the fact that that converged on on top of the fact that Flurry was no longer here. I think all this is wrapped up into the same messaging and in the same thing where we all know that Marc-Andre Fleury was, is incredibly special. He's an incredible hockey player. But the reason why we love him so much and why he means so much to so many people, not just here in the Vegas community, is because he is. if, if hockey is religion and if goaltending is a religion in and of itself, he is the most devout acolyte we have. Because if there's one thing I believe in, Dasko, it's hockey gods. And that guy is the definition, the personification of belief, the talking to the post, the pranks pregame, the, the lightheartedness, the, the jokes, the smiles. The goaltending position is incredibly lonely and is completely centered around failure. Even your successes are, are painted as failure because technically you're taking away the success of the shooters. And what that does to people, and what that, what that commands from people to stay upright or even keeled as someone who had to do it every game every practice whatever it's it's absolute hell in a lot of ways and that's why flurry for being who he is so positive so singular in that he, he's the perfect person in many ways to be in chicago this year don't you think dasco even though it hurts us it hurts in a lot of ways because 
if I'm on that team this year, and we know that there's some names that were involved in the in the in the Kyle Beach era and all of that that are that remain on that team, but if all this is going on with the young guys like like the Kirby Docks and the and the Dominic Kubaliks and the and all of the young talent that they've been trying to accumulate, they weren't part of that. They're in this organization. How much does Mark Andre Fleury's presence bring to their season? Bring to their just everyday life? How much lift is there? Oh, I'm sure that there's a ton. Mm-hmm. And so last night they got blown out in Arizona. And then directly after the game, there was a players only meeting mm-hmm. and that had to come from Flurry. That sounds like something that Flurry would do because he's getting frustrated now. Yeah. There's well, no he just defense. returned from COVID himself. He just came back from COVID, mm-hmm. right? There's no defense in front of him. No. And so all of a sudden they just they lose to the worst team in the NHL. Correct. Which is, which is the underlying no you no know, way, no. edge to that loss in general, and in which they gave up six goals, and they lost six to four. And they even had a little bit of a comeback going, but ultimately they fell short. And so that's why they fired their coach this year. They've gone through all of that, the firestorm that's been associated with that team and with the lawsuit, with everything, with that organization. Flurry makes sense. Goaltending makes sense in chaos to make sense of chaos. You follow? Not particularly, but what okay. you're saying, it's like dysfunction, function, what's your function? Right. In the... I mean, it's so dysfunctional In the, in the dysfunction of everything. Mm-hmm. Flurry... Is the budding flower? Okay, sure. <laughs> Makes sense of that chaos and does it with a smile and a jab to the back of your leg. Because remember, those, there's that competitive fire, too, and there's that, that lighthearted nature, again, to, to remind us that the game that we preach, that felt almost... I'm sure broken for a lot of people this fall. And granted, there's lots of uh, horrible stories to be found in the game of hockey that have ne- that will never be heard, that won't ever be heard, and that's a t- terrible tragedy. But it felt like something really rocked everyone about the Kyle Beach thing, about the entire situation, and about that organization's handling of the, the situation, active handling of it. So many questions. Yes. And so thanks for sharing that article because that was really good. And- right. There's so many things that really stood out. Okay, number one, just from the outset of that story, um, goalies in Finland never were able to really fully develop because every book that was ever ever written, anything could not be translated into Finnish. Right. So they didn't even know what goaltending was. You're kind of on an island. You're isolated. They're all by themselves. Yep. But are you saying that this is a sport that is possessed by mythology? Well, all sports are, I think. We all have our... When you have to dedicate yourself so stringently to one thing, the practice of your craft, it almost becomes your religion. And then you you get to know it. You code it yourself. You have different things that you gravitate towards that were part of the game and that you discovered and that are different parts that you brought to the game, too. It's all about being in it because it requires so much time, so much thinking, so much reflection. And that's why hockey is even more specifically religious because it's played in cold. It's played in, in, in typically more isolationist countries. It's, it's about suffering. It really is. And, and so is goaltending because most people wouldn't choose to go out there and say, let's just go chase this puck around with, with knives on our feet, whack each other around, maybe get a few stitches here and there. I'll block a puck, possibly break my leg, and just go back out there. Like, who does this and who also stands in front of the pucks as all this is going on in front of them? The cool people, mostly Dasco. The well, coolest of people. You know, to me, 
they're like field goal kickers, and don't take that as an offense. I'm I'm offended, but I, I can understand <laughs> the, the the. They're the just like they are because a lot of them are head cases. Let's face it. You know, I think that they're again, it's due to isolation. It's due to being on their own. People, they're superstitious. They, it's all those things wrapped into one. I right. say the same thing. The you know, only analogy would have to be a you know akin to a field goal kicker. And Flurry though is like like seriously, he's the light. With goaltenders in that, he is so... And he's still alone. And he's, but he, right. And he's still on his he's island. He's that one, maybe that one exception. Yep. I mean, there's some. There's no, some in hockey. There, but he is particularly and, and special. He is particularly... He's definitely got the it factor. Yes. And and like I said, he's belief personified. He pays homage to the hockey gods. And if you pay homage to the hockey gods, they eventually will take care of you. I believe that all of the little uh, corner cutting and, and the ways that teams and, and people treat each other do come back to haunt you if you are in this particular sphere. If if you're not play, if you're not back checking every play, if you're not if you're not stopping and starting on pucks, if you're not uh, coming to the defense of your teammates, or if if somebody sprays your goal and you don't at least go give your opponent a shove, I don't expect anybody to. I don't expect your team to win that game lot, that night because you clearly don't want it enough to do the little things and to quote unquote pay the homage, even if you don't believe in them. It, it, it hockey is one of those things where you have to do all of those things right, and it's not easy. I mean, even the the Coach King of, of the Blackhawks in that in that closed door meeting, he was talking about this isn't a new problem. This is hockey one oh one. We always talk about the same basics, the same uh type of of commitment to them. You do it for the person next to you and then you do it for the logo on the front, all of all of that. And it's one thing to say it in the locker room with the door open. It's another thing to say it with the locker room door closed. And it's another thing to do it on a shift by shift basis. And so we talk about it with the Golden Knights all the time. We talked about with with Molly. She said the same thing about the Rangers, about finding those 60 minutes. That's exactly the type of lane that we're talking about. But when you have um, people like Mark andre Fleury who happen to be hockey players and be very good, it's a little bit easier to take the heavier moments a a little bit lighter and easier to bear down in the moments in which you already feel like you're a little bit too aloof. He he knows where to kind of cut. And he's not the only uh, leadership voice in that room. Hockey has plenty of leadership voices and plenty of people that want to step up and be the alpha. But I, I think sometimes we we don't value players like Flurry or even players uh, like teammates who dance in the locker rooms like right before you go out. I mean, I posted a meme about it on my Instagram earlier this week about uh, they had um, they were in a locker room and a girls team and this girl is just like going to town to womanize her by Britney Spears, just getting after it. And the coaches in the locker room just like looking at it, like cannot believe what's happening. But that stuff is necessary because somewhere in that locker room, there's somebody like me who's ve- not nervous, but is very, very uh, deep in their loop. That's ready to go. That might be a- ready to tip over the edge. That needs that little moment of levity that needs that dance party because not all of us are operating under the um, pass shoot score. I need to calm down versus rev up. Everybody's a different individual, but we all translate levity and funniness and caring quite well. Okay, so I have to I have to ask this question. Mm-hmm. Lay gaff, game three, Montreal. Oh God. Bad karma? I mean, no, if this is spirituality driven, bad karma because of everything that else was everything else that was going on outside of Flurry's little sphere, you know, that you talk about. So you're saying him making making a play and it not turning out is bad karma? 
I'm just asking. No, no. That, that like their hockey is complete well, chaos. Nothing makes sense. Bouncing pucks. That's why you have that religious factor, that extra layer, because you could. I, I saw one of my teammates score our championship clinching overtime winner, and I swear, Dasko, it had a bigger arc than a Steph Curry three. That's how weird of a shot it went up. It dropped down for Andy Nicholson. You know this is how we beat Holy Cross the second time. And it bounced in. I didn't even see it going, and I played like crap that game, but we won the championship, and nothing makes sense because that's hockey. And so that's why Flurry has to ultimately always go and collect those pucks behind the net. You have to pay forward to your process because if you deviate away from it you're already losing sometimes it's gonna it's gonna go wrong sometimes the puck's gonna end up in the back of your net and you're not even in your net but you have to keep doing what you've been taught to do you have to rely on your technique you have to rely on your skating and you have to rely on your practice so now did you only catch on your prayer did you only catch pucks like in practice right as a mm, goaltender no, no i caught I, everything constantly okay did you i tried i softball tennis golf i did ball warm-ups up Before against, games, all the time, practices, everything. Okay, did you have like a jugs gun where you would no, catch the ball? No, I would do tennis balls? balls against the wall, Just and then curious. I would do different trajectories. I would go overhand, underhand, then I would juggle. I would do one that was like a goalie ball where it had dimples, so if it would bounce on the ground, it would go different directions. I would do golf balls. It's just, it's all the same basic movements. It's just, it's boring to do that over and over and over and over again. Shuffle. To the right, shuffle to the left, butterfly. Shuffle to the left, shuffle to the right, butterfly. Shuffle to the right, shuffle to the left, butterfly. Over and over for years and years and years. How do you not get religious about it? So Canadians, right? Something I ascertained, Mm -hmm. you know, from the article. Canadians are so reliant on the butterfly. Yes. Well, they invented but it, it's, so it They invented sense. it, yes, but it's not supposed they to be— They wanted to export their product. It shouldn't be an entire style. It should just be well, part here's of the your thing repertoire. To ask, we're just starting so, to get everybody goalie coaches at the NHL level, so, so did you this start, is how it works. But did you start, like, in the butterfly? Like, I, I was— What's t- the development well, like? I showed up to the second day of practice. I said I wanted to wear those pads. I in U tens and when I was first starting out with my with my goaltending school, I was still being taught how to make kick saves and how to uh, do T pushes over and across my crease the, as as far as humanly possible to to stay on my feet. But then I was taught the butterfly. It, the right teachers teach you everything. They teach you the process, and then you find your tools and your tendencies yourself. Anybody that tries to put you into a cookie cutter, it, 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 that's that's a problem. You're not in the right spot. If you're looking to make improvements and, and to do those little detail stuff, there's a collaboration. But anybody that says this is what you need to do to stop the puck is ridiculous. And I think that's a, a lot of what that goalie coach over in Finland is talking about and just about the style that he has and just the mindset that they they started to export over in the European goaltending style, which is completely mostly dependent on what's going on upstairs in your head. Skating and mindset, that is everything. I was telling you the story. So, like, when I started to watch hockey, right, mm-hmm. a long, long time ago in a faraway place and all that stuff, uh, goalies were so much better, right, at catching the puck. Mm-hmm. Well, you only so have one, we have one very effective tool, so we better make sure we use it as often as possible. Now, the face masks were like the ones that we wore in street hockey because they were like yep. really thin. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't have the cages in front of them. So they always were protecting themselves yep. with the gloves. So they they were forced more or less yeah. to be able to catch the puck. And then obviously they used the pads, I think, a lot better, you'd be surprised a lot more what, efficiently. You'd be, you'd be surprised what products the concept of lack churns out. It, when you just have to figure things out for yourself because you don't have X, 
That's that's where you find the the true gems and the model for for a lot of goaltending, especially in, in Europe versus North America, because the way that we coach them over here, we like to say that you're elite from a young age. We want to develop the best 13 year olds now versus preparing people for their later stages in their career. How many people are, get weeded out before they reach their potential, or at least their body ready to reach their potential? Who knows? But regardless, we know that Marc-Andre Fleury is a singular name in this game, in this town, in so many ways, and we're so excited to welcome him back tomorrow. It'll be tough. I hope for nothing but a great performance for, uh, from him. You know what? I might even want him to win just to just stick it. Just saying. Just to stick it. He thanked the fans on the way out. Of course. He thanked his teammates. He didn't thank anyone else. No, no. <laughs> Peace no. out. Deuces, See you later. Deuces. See I'm you out. later. That's and it. hopefully he ends up on a, on, a, on a better team that has some playoff aspirations by the time this season ends. I, I think there's a lot of people reading the same tea leaves that I am. But we have to get into our next topic here, and we have to figure out why New York is so angry, at least today. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Lindsey Brown and Tony Cordasco, the Playmakers. Exclusively on 1140 The Bet. Lighters up. 
Mark gets back in the producer chair for one day, and he's completely thrown all of the music I've gotten loaded in this week right out the window. Because we got to talk about Dasco, Lighters Up, who like literally was swaying with his hands in the air just moments ago. Anytime the word New York or the color yellow is is seen speeding along, black and around, yellow, black and yellow. Everyone who is from the greater New York area is like, oh, is this about me? And so, yes, we are going to make this about you. Uh, because not only did you guys get absolutely run out of T-Mobile Arena last night, oh, you guys come did. On now. You guys did. Uh, just tough goaltending night. Well, you know. Turk, the, Turk developed this plan about speed and excitement. Yeah, it's and speed and excitement DeBoer all 45 hits, right? And then DeBoer just stole it. Hey, Revo, Revo was uh, rattling the, the glass. He was. <laughs> he was bad. We missed, uh, we missed those sounds. And it was a it was a decent game despite the score uh, turning out to be what it was. And it, it was a little bit dicier there uh, until that second period. But New York is usually associated with overwhelming success with money with greed with never sleeping with bodegas with bodega cats that's a great twitter follow if you don't follow them you should it's a hell of a time but also sports ineptitude because it's been a while since you guys have won something i think it's what oh nine world series is that the last time that you guys won something right no i'm wrong i know the giants is that 2013 that they won the super bowl that's still eight years ago okay yeah, that's pretty Proceed. much that's that's it. I mean, the Rangers lost. Also, was it 2013 in the Stanley Cup final? That was to the Kings. I loved that Kings team. Jonathan Quick. That's kind of why I have his jersey. But oh. Julius Randle, <laughs> who is uh, one of the star players on the New York Knicks, who are surprisingly good again, at least in the last year, year and a half, thanks to Tom Thibodeau. You're yeah, welcome. Thibodeau. Yeah. Um, Julius Randle was being booed last night during uh, the fourth quarter of the comeback win that they secured over the Celtics. Pretty good team to do it over. I mean, there's a slight rivalry between those two teams and cities. But the whole fans booing the hometown club bit, Julius took uh, exception to it just as Javier, or Javier, Javier Baez, kind of merged the names together there, uh, did as a member of the Mets earlier this summer, where were they flipping off the the fans, or no, they no. were just kind of like taunting them because they thumbs, were so so anytime, thumbs down, thumbs that's down, right. thumbs down. Anytime that they like stole a base, had a hit, whatever, right. look over to the uh, the dugout, and they mm-hmm. would do thumbs down. That's right. So last night, Julius Randle's getting booed, and so he said, "Shut the f up, people." And he said, no, he said, "STFU." Yes. Well, I just I avoid the bad words in my way and you do it in your own way. And we'll just keep it as that, because if we start crossing wires, that's when we start crossing off our names, the list of people that have jobs with radio things involved with them. But do you think that there's a little bit more of an edge to fans in arenas these days and specifically what's going on in New York? Do you think that that's kind of boiling over because there hasn't there's there's been a lot of almosts as of late that frustration and obviously the city's been through a lot in the last couple of years. Okay, let's face it, if the Knicks are competitive yeah. and fans are enjoying that product on the court, they're not going to boo. You're but then playing they were against, booing. but you're playing against your rival and you're down by 25 mm. and the effort was not there. And they're entitled because they spend a ton of money on those seats to boo. At the garden. At the garden. At the exactly. Garden. At the Mecca. So they're down 25, and they rally back. He hits a bucket, and then they go down by four, and he's, like, starting to sort of taunt the crowd. They wound up coming back, and they won the game. Mm-hmm. And last night, though, like, that's something, you know, that especially in New York, 
you had better be prepared. You can't have thin skin in New York. Right. Baez had thin skin, and now we see Julius Randle with thin skin. I mean, and you guys usually lead off the interview process with that. Don't take it out on the fans. Yeah. Okay? Play better. Just play better. And if, if you're the Knicks. You take three subways to get here. Play better. Straight up. It makes fans a lot of sense. Fans will come back if, yeah. if there's a good performance by the opponent. The one thing that New York does, I think, better than anyone else is if they're playing against a team and a player scores like 40 points, they'll applaud them. Oh, what they, the, 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 the response they gave for Steph. They just it, understand was there, a be, was there a better place to do it? And they, they treat him so well. And Michael. Because they know what, they, what they're seeing. Absolutely. Yeah. They want a good product. And, and they that's wanna, why players probably it. love to play there so yeah. much because it's not. It's a hostile crowd them. to they an wanna, extent. They, they don't want to play for them. Yeah. They want to play there against them and beat them. Yeah, it's a hostile crowd to an extent because they'll respect you, but they'll 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 boo you because they know that you're beating their team. And so, yeah, it's just an interesting uh, witch's brew in New York City. Uh, and as we were saying, it's not like they've had a whole lot to write home about because nobody really is born there i mean somebody is some uh, maybe like two people have been in, born in new york but many generations ago but when you have like tiki barber of all people pretty big name in the town uh giants are one of the worst situations in football that is high praise considering the division and the teams that also inhibit the one they do right tiki barbers coming out and saying <laughs> we're one of the worst situations in football this is all from the 11-minute rant, right? This is all devolved from the 11-minute rant that Joe Judge went on this past week. All <laughs> so, of it. Somewhat. Okay, so uh, Tiki and Tierney debuted officially mm-hmm. this week in New York on WFAN. Okay. Oh, oh, they moved somewhere? Well, they were on CBS, and oh, now they're on there the fan I, in New I York. I got you. You know, daily. And so uh start at 10 o'clock in the morning, their time. Good okay, slot. 7 a.m. here. Okay. So they've got middays. And so uh, I was lis- I was listening to them this week, and, you know, right after the game Monday, he's kind of treading lightly. Uh, Joe Judge is okay. And then as the week progressed, he you got You realize how bizarre that whole thing was. <laughs> he got more comfortable like, in the who chair. who talks for 10 straight minutes, <laughs> let alone about this? I mean, that's what we do, but at least we're doing it about other people rather than defending my own mediocrity. Yeah. I Tiki's, suppose at least he's, he's taking a stand for himself. Yeah, but uh, Tiki's making a lot of sense, though, yeah. because, you know, he was saying, okay— so you're going to fire Gettleman, and the next GM is going to have, like, lame ducks, okay? But, but so we always associate have, that. At some point, we have, have to, we have to, we have to fracture that. Well, and he's, he's going to have—it's just not—it's not fair to the incoming—it's not fair to the incoming GM. You've got uh, Daniel Jones, and you've got, Joe, and you've got Judge, and uh, who wants to deal with that? I wouldn't take that I job. I mean, I don't. I don't think Joe Judge is is the answer, but I also think that there needs to be, like I said, a fracturing of this mentality that, well, new GM or new person, he needs his guy or gal. They need their people in there. How about we make it work with people that are maybe not our chosen lover for the life and our career here? Maybe we make it work that way because I think there's so many uh, moves that end up being bigger or, or at least. You set the setting on your lawnmower a little bit too low. I know that's probably a weird concept for us to think about in Las Vegas, but there are places that have lawns where you have to mow, and you can mow the grass too short. I feel like we do that when we just fire anyone because we automatically assume, well, if they go, so does the other person because the coach and the GM are always married, and then the coach and the quarterback are always married, and then the you know the, the quarterback and the coordinator are always married. And so it's just all of these things, just because one domino falls, I guess not all of them have to as long as you have them lined up a little bit crooked 
So, yeah. So Tiki called it one of the worst situations, yeah. you know, in the NFL. They get some good draft picks, but who knows? The GM had better be in place by then, mm-hmm. by the draft. And then uh, the, he did. What's funny is, remember I said, I went on that little mini rant where I said, I would never hire a special teams coach ever, mm-hmm. ever, ever, ever. It's a, Odyssey app. One of the said, episodes this week. He said, he said, one of, he said pretty much the same thing. Like, mm-hmm. why do they hire a special teams coach for crying out loud? Right. Get a coordinator or get, you know what? They don't need a coordinator. They need an established coach and not someone that's on their way down. Yeah. Clearly the answers that they seek, I don't think are in that locker room, but the more that Joe judge spins himself into uh, a frenzy, the better I feel about that answer. And I don't know like what their GM answer is. And I don't really know how the state of New York really gets back on the schneid because they're the ones that usually buy off everybody else's talent too. Maybe Got to go with more of a homegrown route. Which team is most likely to shrug off the championship drought at this current the moment Jets. time? The yeah, Jets. the Jets for sure. The Jets are far better. I mean, for they're, sure. far, they're far more advanced and they have a pulse. And they yeah, have a pulse. you and Joe Flacco but maybe, against the world. <laughs> but maybe but maybe all of these former players are going to go back to New York. Well, are they going to play in New York now that they've been sued? Like, what's going on? Oh, that's right. <laughs> they got sued. That's right. I mean, that's been an argument since I was like, since the Jets and you know had moved there, since the Giants, you know, left Yankee Stadium. Right. Uh, it's it it's just been an ongoing argument. And then you know they were legislators, right, mm-hmm. in New Jersey. Make sure that and the logo in the middle of the field it says the New Jersey Meadowlands. And there was like, I mean, these were major, major arguments. It's like, yeah. don't you have other things to do? I, for one, am shocked that New Jersey is trying to cut the line in, what is it, alphabetical? That would be technically? No. I think it's an order of importance. There's always states that like that that <laughs> have to like just insert themselves. That well, is they're 100% playing in New, New Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. I know, but we all they're know that, but we don't, to have to be, we don't have to be told that. It's just, if I, I know that I'm going to New Jersey. My GPS is telling me, so I don't need to have, hey, are we going to New Jersey? Yes, but we are. Absolutely sh- crossing the bridge. They should be called the New Jersey Jets, the Jersey Giants. But their offices the are in New York. I'm a huge fan of Montclair. Huge fan. Huge fan. Wait. One of my favorite people grew up there. Wait a second. Mm-hmm. Time out. Is that where you're from, technically? No. Oh, well, that's... High school. Montclair, oh. mm-hmm. Immaculate Conception High School. Whoa. No wonder yep. things got I graduated. I graduated 105th in a class of 101. Did you? <laughs> It's a good line. I like that. That's what you have to do to 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 laugh to keep from crying. The New York state of mind. We got to go because on the Lighters other side up. of the break, Scott Galbrandt's in a preview Raiders Chargers. The bet eleven forty. You found the playmakers only on eleven forty. The bet Las Vegas. Lindsay and Dasco hanging with you guys here until 5, and on the line is Scott Goldbrands. But before we get to Scott Dasco, i got to fill you in on some super cool opportunities that are at our disposal right this moment because BetQL helps you make smarter bets throughout the football season, and now we're giving you the chance to win cash prizes. BetQL's Giving Props is a free-to-play contest that starts Wednesday, January 12th, so next Wednesday, and runs through the Pro football postseason it's easy each playoff round betql will post 10 props the person with the most correct picks each week will win two thousand dollars that's a ton of money i mean that's at least one student loan payment just by signing up you'll automatically be entered into a random grand prize drawing for ten thousand and all you got to do is go to betql.com slash props to sign up that's betql.com slash props again starting next wednesday january 12th 
which is my grandma's and brother's birthday. So celebrate by making your picks and winning tons of cash. Scott Goldbranson, it's the biggest game ever in the Raiders uniform, at least when it's been in this zip code. Do you confirm or deny? <laughs> well, listen, I mean, you think about it. Uh, since 2016, they haven't had a game this late in the season that's mattered. So, yeah, it is a big deal. It's a huge deal for, obviously, Las Vegas to have Week 18 for the first time in the NFL, the final game of the season, regular season, uh, on Sunday Night Football, which, of course, you can hear on the sister station of the Bet 1140 over on KXNT 840 on Sunday night, by the way. Um, you can The fact that it's in Las Vegas and the fact that this game has a win and you're in now that's not unusual we go to the last week of the nfl season and we see a win and you're in for many teams over the years but never so much when you have two teams both teams have that win and you're in scenario so it's incredibly excited uh for all of the raider fans from the bay area that have been hemming and hawing about the crowd in las vegas i think las vegas look las vegas shows up for big events, I think you're going to have the first real true home field advantage for the Raiders in a game that is huge. Sudden death looks a lot better when you have all of your tools at your disposal. How or will Darren Waller be active and how active will he be decoy or someone they can actually count on? Well, that's the, the magic question, right? He's listed as questionable with the, 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 uh, the injury report today, as is Josh Jacobs, by the way, with that rib injury he sustained last week. So, um, yeah, my, my Josh Jacobs over 53 bet I'm a little worried about. But nonetheless, yeah, I mean, Darren Waller means so much to this team. At the same time, look what Hunter Renfro has done, right? I mean, you look at his season, and he's, he's about to break, uh, actually, Darren Waller's record that he sent, uh, set last year for single-season uh, uh, receiver record as far as uh, catches goes. He's got 99 so far. He's five short of tying the, the single-season record uh, and, and perhaps breaking it. Tim Brown has it in 1997. And so you have all this stuff going on. So Darren Waller being there, but I like what Hunter Renfro has done. I like how they've used him. Uh, and if Darren Waller is just a decoy, uh, they're going to have to look to other spots to get the ball. And, and Derek Carr is going to have to find other targets. One of the, uh, the players that I did not see on that injury report today, Nate Hobbs. What is the situation with Hobbs? Is he going to play? Well, that's Rich Basaccia says yes, right? And they the, the the legal situation with the supposed drunk driving. And listen, I was hard on him when that came out. I was like, how are you even near a car if you've been drinking after what's happened in this franchise with the Henry Rugg situation early in the season? But again, we we in this society today, social media, we tend to rush to judgment. But it appears whatever is going on from the legal standpoint, uh, the Raiders seem to be comfortable with it. And every indication we have is that he's going to play. And so from a defensive standpoint, that's big for this team because they're going to need all their bodies because they're about to face a Chargers team that is 100% healthy for the first time since week one. And so they're, they're going to need everything they can get uh, to, do, to win this game, and I think it's going to be a battle. It's always interesting when people choose to move goalposts and when they choose not to, but what made Austin yep. Eckler so effective versus the Raiders earlier this season, and how equipped are they to deal with them now that they have some more battle-tested performances under their belt? Is it about initial contact? Is it about tackling to the ground quicker, uh, maybe targeting a particular part of his body? 
<laughs> well, I think it's the defense. I mean, look at overall, that interior, that defense, and that defensive line. Of course, Max Crosby, Yannick Ngakwe have played good all season. But you look inside Solomon Thomas, Darius Phylon, those guys have performed so much better. When they first met, I think that defensive unit wasn't quite gelled. And so you can look at a bunch of different reasons why they didn't do well against that, against that offense and against Austin Eckler. But I think the Raiders' defense is in a much better place right now. The other thing to consider is that the center for the Chargers, Corey Lindsley, who went out last week with a back injury, he's probably going to play. But if he can't go, if his back starts bothering him again, um, the Chargers offense and that offensive line, even though they've done better as of late, uh, a lot, especially the running game, is dependent on Lindsley and how he's, how he's doing. So I think that the Chargers, or excuse me, the Raiders could catch a break if he's unable to go or if he's not 100%. So I think you'll see a little bit of a, of a different Raiders defense versus the Chargers offense against Austin Eckler uh, as well in this game just because they've gotten better, they've gelled, and they've become more of a complete unit than they were earlier in the season. Scott, in the first meeting, the Raiders had just 48 yards rushing, so we need to obviously focus on the rushing game. And yep. what do the Raiders do if Josh Jacobs is not available in this game? Boy, Tony, that's a tough one because if Josh Jacobs does not go or he's not effective because he's not 100%, then you're looking at the Peyton Barber show, right? Now, Peyton Barber's done nice things in spots, but clearly it's a far drop-off from Josh Jacobs to Peyton Barber. So then they're going to have to go to what they did earlier in the season is they're going to have to do that short passing game. uh, And Hunter Renfro now is getting more attention because he's getting all this national pub and he's putting up all these numbers. So that that is a big, and one of my keys to their victory is rushing the ball, right? You have to be able to do it if they can't do that Tony you know they they don't have bodies back there anymore that are effective I think enough to make up for the loss of Josh Jacobs so they got to do everything they can to get him healthy and of course Derek Carr has already got a lot of pressure on him it's his biggest game of his career because he gets to play to try to get in the playoffs again he can silence a lot of those critics he hasn't had the best of the last three weeks but when it's mattered he's counted so that passing game a lot more pressure going to be there if Josh Jacobs can't go yeah, Scott, apparently uh, NFL.com tells me that Derek Carr has two touchdown passes or fewer for seven straight games, and uh, we associate that record with the name Jamarcus Russell. Usually not the record <laughs> book or name you want to be uh, associated with, but that just really paints the importance of, of Josh Jacobs in that running game because, first of all, you need yeah. them to be productive, and you need them to, well, to run down the clock and to keep Herbert uh, off the field. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's the strategy. You got You got You have to have long, sustained drives. And But I will say this about Derek Carr. To go back to your point about the Jamarcus Russell thing, and this is the thing with the Derek Carr debate, which I know you guys talk about and you're well aware of, which is this love-hate relationship that Raider fans have with Derek Carr. So all of the Carr haters always talk about, well, yeah, he puts up all these big numbers, which obviously he hasn't been doing in the last few weeks, but he puts all these big numbers, but he doesn't win. So now he's winning. Yeah, it's not pretty. And yeah, he's not putting up, you know, like Joe Burrow type numbers oh, or Aaron Rodgers numbers. Moving again, Scott? No, Are they it's, moving? it's not. They're not moving, but, but those fans say, hey, you got to win. So now he's winning, and now they're going, well, yeah, but he's not. He's throwing too many interceptions, which is true. He's got 19 turnovers on the year. Uh, but, you know, you, you, you win football games, right? So if the Raiders go out and, 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 and Derek Carr doesn't have a statistically shining moment, but they win the game, does it really matter? So it's, it's interesting to see what's happening there. 
But again, Derek Carr, everything now, he gets the opportunity to shut everyone up. If he goes out, has a good game, again, doesn't have to be an MVP-type game. If he goes out and have a good game and the Raiders get to the playoffs for the first time since 2006, the, the, only the eighth time in the playoffs in 31 years, by the way, guys, then, then I think he'll quiet some of those critics. He'll help himself, obviously, with a contract negotiation uh, and solidify himself. I think he'll be back next year regardless, but I do think it'll go a long way to, to making sure that this franchise is set on the right way as they look for a head coach. Damned if you do, definitely damned if you don't. Chargers, Raiders, whoever wins goes into the playoffs. Sunday night kickoff at 5.15 p.m. You can hear that on our sister station, News Talk 840 KXNT. And, Scott, I know that you got shows to prepare us for that game. What time and where? Well, you can catch uh, our show on Sunday morning, uh, which is Silver and Black Today game day for our East Coast Raider fans, which I'm always shocked how many there are. You can catch it early in the morning, 7 a.m. on the East Coast, 4 a.m. for those folks that are rolling out of the casino at 4 a.m. You can catch it on 1140 The Bet or 9 a.m. on 98.5 The Fan HD2 there in Las Vegas. Uh, it's going to be fun, and we're going to get into the game and have some, uh, I think, some, some real good fun talking about opportunities for this team to actually make some noise and if not then we're full bore into the head coaching conversation rolling down that riverboat casino without the boat scott galbranson <laughs> thank you so much for joining us and previewing that game hopefully we get to talk to you in next week or and many weeks after all right have a good night thank you so much scott that was the host of silver and black today game day in our sister station 98.5 hd the fan right here in las vegas and the founder of vegas sports today on the other side of the break a blast from the past You found the Playmakers, only on 1140 The Bet, Las Vegas. I don't care what it costs. I don't care if we get sued into oblivion. But if I don't have the Jimmy Neutron theme song for this segment by this time on Monday, I might just keep doing it anyways because I still like my job. But it would make the segment so much better and the show a lot better, too. But... You know, beggars can't be choosers. Right, Dasco? We what about, begged you to come there. <laughs> I had to post the photo of Rich Passaccia. We're so excited about the game. And he's like, there's no emotion. How could? It, that's your coach. That's your leader. Yeah. Uh, keep it uh, calm, cool, and collected and close to the vest. But it is time for a blast from the past segment to wrap up our first hour. And usually, I'm I'd... so excited. Are you? <laughs> no, genuinely. I can't tell. <laughs> I'm genuinely uh, excited. Yeah, Sorry. I, uh, no, it's all good. I, I actually just got um, a text message. Weirdly enough, during our first segment, I was on Instagram, and I had a couple of my old teammates reach out to me like, we're watching you from the bar. We're at Court's Bachelorette Party. I'm like, guys, what an absolute delight that you guys are choosing to do this at this particular time. And also, I miss you guys, too. And so thanks to Jackie and Court, and I hope that they remember nothing that goes on tonight. And I'll be Venmoing num- or money to them so they t- can take some shots in my honor, at least for their nuptials. But did you know, Dasco, 20 years ago, according to this book I bought at a book fair in elementary school, uh, that the world's best-selling software was the Microsoft Windows 95 upgrade? Do you remember the sights and sounds associated with the disks we used to put in the computer the for the Internet? floppy disk. The floppy disk. Oh. 1998. Microsoft Windows 95 upgrade, record-breaking 5 million units. My goodness, how times have changed, but really not that much. we got an hour left on this program. We'll see you on the other side of the break. Footy of Football's on the way.
Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.